what's going on, you beautiful buttholes? This is going to be the absolute worst episode ever recorded on on and off the field with out Durf, but with Dylan. Boy, oh boy. Durf is working. You know, he's doing his usual, uh, you know, gets gets screwed over by his company and has to do a second shift, which is two to ten. Ugh. Terrible. I used to be in that boat. Not anymore. Here we go. We're going to do the old ceremonial beer crack. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. What are we drinking, you ask? Oh, my God. Oh, Wow. I I cracked this is I've never had this before. I cracked it open and I got blasted in the face with like spice and oh my lord. Fred says, Wow, that was an interesting start of the show. Welcome to the show, Durf. Tuning in from work, showing some comments in there. Hey, bud. Let me know how work's going. I'd love to know. And real this this just blew my mind. I opened this up. Holy cow. Uh, this is called Mary Monkey from Victory, which is like a top three brewery for me. I love Victory beer. Mary Monkey, Belgian style ale with cranberry, orange peel, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Yeah, no wonder I got smacked in the face with scents. Holy cow. Cascade and Tetnag. Tet is it Tetnag? Tetnang hops and a Pilsner roasted malted barley malt. Boy, oh boy, this is 10%, folks. 10% alcohol by volume. This one beer might kill me. I don't remember the last time I've had a beer in double digits. Belgian style holiday ale combines the beloved flavor profile of golden monkey with notes of cranberry, orange peel, cinnamon, and nutmeg. To deliver a delightfully smooth finish, perfect for merry gatherings with family and friends. Well, without family and friends, actually, because it's COVID season. So, yeah, you ain't you ain't gathering no family and friends, you sons of guns. Stay away from people. It's a ten person limit here in New York State. If you're having a house party, I think I think it's ten people. So, yeah, again, welcome to the show. I think our only viewer right now is Durf tuning in from work let me i'll go over the details of what he usually does which is flossing make sure you floss which is the follow like observe subscribe and share flossing is recommended 10 out of 10 by podcasters everywhere uh, make sure you follow on instagram facebook twitter and subscribe to our youtube and twitch channels Make sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts if that's your preferred platform. If it's not, just go over there and rate and review it anyways. Let us know how we're doing, what you like and dislike about the show. You can find all the links, all the abouts, all of the charity information, everything, including blogs, on and off the field.com. A little news about the merchandise. I'm, I'm starting to realize the merchandise is garbage. At least the clothing of the merchandise is garbage. Um, so I'm going to be taking down. I don't want any. I don't want anyone to waste their money on these garbage products. So any t-shirts, sweatshirts, clothing items that are on our merch store, I'll be taking down and I will 
I'm going to be finding actually a local t-shirt place to possibly make these shirts and then we can ship them to our fans. So I got to figure out the logistics of all of that. But yeah, the merch is coming down off of our Teespring site. I'll leave stickers up there, you know, stickers and coffee mugs, whatever you want with that. Cause we got, we got some dope stickers, but those shirts, those shirts are bad. They're already falling apart. I've washed mine and my wife's shirt twice, maybe. And the decals are flying all over the place. So the the shirts are coming down. So I'll, I'll keep everyone tuned into, you know, and with that, we're going to be supporting a local business, hopefully supporting a local business with the t-shirt designs. I hope that works out. If we can find someone where it's, you know, you know, it makes sense to do it financially. We'll see what happens. I hope it, I hope it pans out though. The fantasy football league. Durf says he's still in first place. Durf is still in first place of the league, winning against Ryan Eggleston, Ryan's Rockers, and he sits at eight and two. Uh, and I am in seventh place at four and six. Yay! I'm doing so good. Be proud of me. I think I'm below five hundred in every every league I'm in. I'm two and eight in my work league that cost me like a hundred dollars to buy into. Ugh. So that hurts my feelings. That's probably why I'm not playing fantasy football, paying for leagues, taking back first place, says Durf. Not winning the points for the game category, but just winning. He's just straight up winning, 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 winning. That's like the Charlie Sheen thing, isn't it? It's just winning. Work, work is just going for Fred. I feel bad for you. I really do. My work has been pretty terrible, but at least that's like, Eight to five, you know, I'm not stuck in a warehouse from two to ten. First sip of the victory beer. Oh, Lord. Woo. Wow. That sends shivers down my spine. Wow. I don't even know what to think about that. That was crazy. That's there's a lot to digest there flavor wise. That's that's crazy. So that's all we got. That, that's our opening. This show is advertised as just an absolute crazy mess of a show. Uh, I, I Sal from to be blunt said he wanted to join and I sent him the link. I don't know if he's joining or not. He might be. I'm not sure. But some, you know, there's there's like barely an agenda for this show. I did not, you know, Durf tried to make notes for me uh, as much as he could because he's a gentleman like that. He does great. But, you know, I, I just got some things in my head that I know I want to talk about. So it's just be a random show. I think I do have some other sports news to get to. But if you take a look here on the whiteboard, I took a hefty lead over Durf. A hefty lead over Durf this week. That's right. Your boy, Dylan, your boy, Dylan, went 12 and two on his picks this week. That's right, folks. Let me put in a link right here because I can do that now. I love StreamYard. You can click that link on outthefield.com if you want to go check it out. You can click that link I just put in the comments. Maybe, maybe I can pin it. I can do so many things. I just have to get better at doing them. 
but I went 12 and two with my NFL picks. And that's, that might be the best I've ever, ever done. Oops. How do you pin a comment? There we, oh yeah. Oh, there we go. That's how we do it. God, I love social media. So if you're watching the live show, this all makes sense to you. If you're listening to this podcast later down the road, this is just garbage to your ears. That's probably why we don't get a lot of listens on the podcast. <laughs> oh, where was I? Yeah, 12 and 2 on my picks this week. So I took a big lead over Durf. We were tied, but he went 8 and 6 with his picks this week. And our guest picker, which is a new thing apparently, like for I just sent this in our group chat and our buddy Matt just sent back his picks for the week. Just randomly. He's just like, "Here's my picks." Like, "Okay. Cool." We'll post it. So now I'm keeping track of the guest picks. This week was our buddy Matt, and he went nine and five. So our guest picker did better than Fred. Come on. Come on, Durf. In case you don't know, I interchanged Durf and Fred back and forth because it's the same person. Durf is Fred backwards. The secret is now revealed. We'll just go down the whiteboard here. The off the field MVP is Josh Allen and Bill's Mafia. This is just a run-on from last week's show uh, because after Josh Allen's grandmother passed, I believe this was the story, he was very close with his grandmother. She passed, so Bill's Mafia started just donating a crap ton of money with the, the normal number of donation being $17 because that's Josh Allen's number, so they did it in honor of Josh, and it went towards one of the hospitals in Buffalo that Josh is associated with. It's, he's very popular there. He donates a lot of time and money to that hospital. I don't know the name of it. It starts with an O. I know it starts with an O. But then they just kept raising money. When we did the show last week, there were like 64K. The last I saw is Josh Allen himself donated 17 grand to round it off at like $500,000 they've raised. It's absolute insanity. And after the Cardinals beat the Bills, they started donating money to that same fund. They're just, that hospital is just getting money. They're getting paid right now because of just good people in sports. Between Josh Allen, between Bills Mafia, between Cardinals Mafia. Uh, Durf comes in to save me. Oh, sh- oh Lordy. Oishe Children's Hospital. I'll put it on the screen. So if you're watching this, you can you can figure it out for yourself, however you pronounce that. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. It's in Buffalo, though. I'm pretty sure. So I'm, I'm closing the gap on here, getting 100 correct picks this week. 98, 48, and 1. That feels good. And Fred's just, he's trying. Keep up, Fred. Keep up. This is... Season three, episode 30. Posted, I think, on our iTunes page is maybe 90 episodes after this one's posted. We're closing in on our 100th episode. I I do have over 100 episodes, but pretty much all of season one didn't transfer to iTunes. When we I made a change of platforms, so I lost pretty much all of season one. Uh, But we're going to keep up with it here. We're almost to our 100th episode. I don't know what we're going to do for our 100th episode. Our 100th episode might come via 2021. That would be nuts. 
I'm gonna have to do the math on that. Fred, do the math. We're probably not we're not gonna do an episode on Thanksgiving, which is next Thursday. We're not gonna do an episode that day. So scratch that one off the list. I don't know. We're probably not gonna do one on Christmas Eve, which is another Thursday. I doubt we're doing an episode. So with that math taken into account, when will our hundredth episode be? That that's information that it's gonna be big. It's gonna be a big moment. Probably do a giveaway, raise some money for charity. So excited for that. All right. What are we gonna talk about? If we if we got other sports on the screen, let's talk about other sports. Dustin Johnson. This is I'm just going completely off memory. I wrote no notes down. This is unscripted territory. Um Dustin Johnson won the Masters in convincing fashion. He shot 20 under par, which is easily the best ever at the Masters, and also ties the lowest score ever shot in major history. That's Dustin Johnson is without a doubt one of the best golfers we're witnessing right now. I believe it's only his second major win, if I'm not mistaken. It's definitely his first Masters, but he's a great younger golfer, and a, a lot of people around golf just set, talks about his his mental state when he plays golf. If this dude takes a bad shot, it doesn't matter. He will recover like it never happened. And you know he's, he hits into a bunker, hits into a rough, hits a bad shot, and misses the green. This dude will put it two inches from the hole and put it in for par and save it, if not birdie if he's just playing well that hole. He's just a great golfer. He's shown he won. I people forgot how convincingly he he won the tour this year. He dominated everyone. I'm pretty sure he missed a game and still won the tour. He he's the way he's been playing this season. I he's easily the number one golfer in the world, which is obviously obviously where he's already ranked. Man, oh man! Uh, if this episode is posted when. Nine number 91 posted 10 more would take us to December 29th, skipping Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve. Uh, so we wouldn't quite make it. Let me see how many are on our iTunes page. Dude, I don't even know if it's going to tell me. I saw it the other day, but I don't know where I saw that. See all episodes. Tell me how many I have. Tell me. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Oh, I think it's in here. Nope. I have to work on that. I have to go through all of these and count them. <laughs> That'd be what we're gonna work on on that math and figure out when our hundredth episode will be. Because that's gonna be fun. So Dustin Johnson did that. Uh Lewis Hamilton. I think he, he races and he's just a really good racer. I know that. Um is it like drag car series? This dude has won pretty much every single race. Lewis Hamilton. F1 series. This guy is about to break uh, Schumacher's uh, F1 win record, which everyone said was absolutely impossible to do. And this guy, this kid is just winning everything. I think he's what, 22 years old. He's going to shatter Schumacher's record. And the fact is, he's one of the most influ influential black people in sports because of he's just 
do- he's dominating a league. It's not just the fact that he's playing in a league and, you know, kind of, you know, being successful. He wins a race here and there. He's dominating. Every single time I get a notification from an F1 race, Lewis Hamilton wins, closes in on the record. Lewis Hamilton wins, closes on the record. Lewis Hamilton wins. He's tied the record. He'll probably break it this next race. I, don't, I think it's Saturdays usually these races happen. He's crushing it right now. And in 2020, with all of the Black Lives Matter and all the injustice that's really come to light, you know, we had Bubba Wallace, I believe is his name, and, and, and NASCAR take the lead there, uh, be, kind of being the face for NASCAR. And now we have Lewis Hamilton for F1. It's insane. It's good to have. It's good to have in sports. It's good to have for those two individual sports for themselves because nascar is always you know everyone knows nascar is the southern white fly the confederate flag kind of sport you know and no matter what your opinion is on and on that all of that it's it's diversifying which that in itself is a very good thing to see it's 2020 folks it's time to move on we had a a woman become a owner or a gm of a baseball team uh, I'd have to go and look up her name. This one's just coming to me from my memory. First first time ever a woman is becoming the owner or GM of a league or a team in any sport. So this is baseball doing that. You know, the NFL is, has coaches that are females. We had our the first female ref a couple of years ago. I think Sarah Thomas is her name. The leagues are just growing. And whether people want to accept that or not, whether they think those you know those people deserve those roles, they, they we we've never seen a female rep before, so does she really deserve to be in that position? Yeah, probably, <laughs> because this is America, man. Anyone can be whatever they want. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, your gender, none of that matters. You just be whatever you want, be whatever you want. So I became a podcaster. That's sad. I could be whatever I wanted, and I became this. But I still have fun doing it. I sit here and drink my victory beer and have fun. And I just chat with people. Um, let's see here. NFL news. If I don't think I'm forgetting anything, at least I care about talking about. For NFL news, uh, well, I guess if you want to talk about the NBA, there's a couple trades there. The Milwaukee Bucks. Got Drew Holiday from the Pelicans, but they gave up two players and three, count them, three first-round picks. Three first-round picks to get Drew Holiday along with Bledsoe and somebody else. Ouch. Basically, this is your definition of a win-now mentality. They have one year left with Giannis. With Giannis, not Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and because this is his last year, unless they want to give him the super super max contract, which they can do up to the day before the league starts this year, which is in December. Oh no, it, it's it's an odd choice. It's basically them saying we're going to get Drew, and we're going to give up everything, and we're going to go out there with Giannis, and we're going to give Milwaukee a title. We're going to build this team around him and Drew, and it's going to be epic. We're going to do it this year. Because if you don't do it this year, 
you don't sign Giannis long-term, he doesn't want to be here long-term, and he moves on, you don't have your draft picks anymore. You'll have Drew, but Bledsoe's gone. He was another big piece. I don't know what you have there anymore. You go from the top to the bottom real quick if Giannis walks and you don't have a title. It's going to be a long rebuild in Milwaukee, which is virtually before Giannis got there, Milwaukee was just rebuilding constantly. They couldn't do anything. They weren't on even on the map, but that that'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be a team that you have to watch this year just to see where they end up. We know they're going to dominate the regular season. It's just a matter of what they do when they get to the playoffs. Got to go through the East, and the East is easy, says all the LeBron haters. But now the West is easy, saying all the LeBron haters. He didn't have to go against anybody. He won his title. Harden and Westbrook both might be leaving the Rockets. There's no official, you know, trades, obviously, but they both voiced their discomfort being there or their hatred of being with the Rockets and playing with each other. So they both want to leave. I think Harden wants to stay a little bit more than Westbrook. Westbrook wants out. He's been tied to like talks with the Knicks and every team in the league virtually. Harden might stay, but he wants. He wants Westbrook gone because he wants to run his own team. The only other team that we've seen him be tied to is the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. But there's a insider information says Kyrie Irving does not want James Harden on that team. And I don't blame him. It's, it'll just be like the it'll be even a worse version of the Rockets already. It's two ball hogs that won't pass the ball if. If Harden brings the ball up the court, he's not going to pass it. Kyrie brings the ball up the court, he's not going to pass it. And then Kevin Durant, he'll just be wasted if he never gets the ball anyways. He's not going to bring the ball up the court, but, man, those two people are a cancer to any team they go to. It's never worked out any team that Russell Westbrook or James Harden have been on. They're good during the regular season. Once again, they can be electric, but it their style of offense does not work in the postseason. It's bad. So that's a lot of fun. Chris Paul is now a Phoenix Sun. I don't know what the details of that trade were off the top of my head, but Chris Paul's a Sun. Get to work with Booker. It'll be a good team, I think. Uh, Aiton is there as well. I think Chris Paul is the kind of player that the Suns needed. So look for them. They went eight and zero in the bubble, but missed the missed the official playoff portion of that. I'm I'm excited for the Suns. They ended hot. They had a good player. He's a little older now, but he's a good player. I'm excited to see what the Suns can do. I think that's all I got for other sports. I think I'm out. Yeah, the NBA draft is tomorrow night, but no one cares about that, really. What players are in the NBA draft this year that really excite you? There's the one kid who's projected to go first overall, but he played like three games and then got suspended for something. He said, well, James Wiseman. He's he played three games, and then everyone just says he's the best player they've ever seen, and it's going to be great. He's going to change the franchise for the Timberwolves if they pick him. I don't know. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? They came out with some of the the names for this year who's eligible for the Hall of Fame for baseball. And from what I don't know any of their names. I know Tory Hunter a little bit. Torrey Hunter is the only one that you like kind of recognize the name. The rest of them, I don't know who they are. That's both 
my opinion and everyone else's opinion. Because a lot of people, from, I listen to Dan Padgett, Rich Eisen, some local ESPN radio show hosts. All of them are pretty not excited about this Hall of Fame class. But that just means they're eligible. They don't have to pick from them. They're just eligible, which opens up the window. Since this is a very lackluster class, it opens up the window for people like Clemens and Barry Bonds. A lot of people that have been waiting to get in, but you know they kind of don't get the nod because of the whole roids thing. With a lackluster class, this is this might be the year that they sneak in. I I don't see why they shouldn't sneak in. Uh, NFL news. Let's let's just get let's move out of other sports. Finally, NFL news. Pro Bowl voting has opened, and I also saw Pro Bowl voting is open, but they're not even going to play Pro Bowl. It's going to be if they're going to be playing it like on Madden. I think it's going to be like a virtual Pro Bowl, from what I can see. But you can go ahead and vote now. And Durf said to make sure to vote for your favorite player and not the ones that actually deserve to be there. Yeah, that's what it is. It's all the people with big, like J.J. Watt will probably get in to the Pro Bowl just because it's J.J. Watt. (laughs) He ain't done Jack, but he'll get in just because people love him. That's why I always say whenever they go down a player's accolades, you know, this guy has been in the league for eight years, first all pro two years, second team all pro one year, and then seven Pro Bowls. Do you really need to throw the Pro Bowls in there? Like if it was voted by people that actually know sports, then sure. But it's just fan voting. If it's a fan voted thing, I feel like that shouldn't be an accolade you can put your hat on, you know? If it's a lackluster player that's been in the league for eight years, never made an all-pro, doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, has never really made a difference on a team, but then you say, well, he's a very popular person. He's been to the Pro Bowl five times. That doesn't that means nothing to me, to be completely honest. That really does it means nothing to me that he's been to the Pro Bowl five times, but no all pros, no second team all pros, no Super Bowls, no nothing. That's my personal opinion. Drew Brees got absolutely obliterated. He has a handful of broken ribs and a collapsed lung, so he'll be out three to four weeks. You hear collapsed lung, and you would normally think, yeah, he's he's dead, right? Nah, just three to four weeks for a collapsed lung. He just he sta- he got hit, and he stayed on the sideline. I don't know if he kept playing at all. I think I don't think he ever went back in. He might have. I wasn't watching this game. But I did see the hit. He got smacked. Man, that beer is really something else. Whew. That's something else. Um, yeah, so he'll be out for a while. Jameis Winston is the likely backup because he started the second half. Everyone, <laughs> you Saints fans are fun. Everyone thought, ah, Taysom Hill, he's the next quarterback up. It's Taysom Hill. Jameis Winston's just there to learn. He's a third stringer. He's not our backup. You people really thought Taysom Hill was going to be the full-time next starting quarterback after Drew Brees was done. Granted, they're giving him $16 million a season to be a Swiss Army knife, which is just 
absolutely insane, complete insanity that Taysom Hill is making $16 million. But Jameis Winston is the quarterback. Taysom Hill is not. If you can't understand that, then you need to reevaluate what you know about football. Taysom Hill is not going to just take every snap at quarterback because then he loses the ability to be what he is, what has got him $16 million a season. He comes into the game every once in a while, and the defense has no idea what's about to happen. That's what he brings to the table. And usually that play results in positive yardage and sometimes even a touchdown. I don't know what the percentage is, but I feel like a lot of the time Taysom Hill's on the field, it's a touchdown. It just happens because the defense doesn't know what to do. Sometimes even Drew Brees stays out there. It could be like a lateral weird thing where they get the ball back in Drew's hands. You don't know what's going to happen. And if he takes every snap at quarterback, they lose that. So it doesn't make sense. Jameis Winston is your backup, and now you're probably your starter. You're going to have to accept that whether you like it or not. Crab legs Winston is the starting quarterback now for the Saints. And now if we take a trip down memory lane, Drew Brees got hurt last year and Teddy Bridgewater came in. He went 5-0. and That got him a starting position over in Carolina. Sexy new contract for Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not going to say that's going to happen for Jameis Winston, but if he has really improved his game under Sean Payton and Drew Brees, he doesn't turn the ball over as much. If he goes 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, if there's a delay of Drew Brees coming back, Jameis Winston can finally, possibly, see himself back in a starting role on another team. The Jets. That's the first one I'm thinking about. Jacksonville. Jacksonville is probably going to draft Justin Fields if they can't sneak into the first overall slot. A lot of teams out there probably looking for quarterbacks. San Francisco. I said it. San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers do not love Jimmy G, and neither do the fans. All right. I think it's question time. So if you follow us on social media, I posted questions for this show. I did that because I didn't know what to do about this show. I had to make this show maybe a little bit more fun in some ways. I I wasn't entirely sure what I was going to do. Obviously, it was going to be a recap, but just by myself, I can throw my opinions at you. But how much fun is that going to be for, you know, a long time? So I decided to post on social media. Give me your questions and I will just answer your questions on here. Now, I didn't really get a whole lot of I don't think I got any serious ones, <laughs> but I did get a whole bunch from the boys at Strikeout Beer. Naturally, I got the bunch from Strikeout Beer between Alan and Brandon or Alan and Rapid Dave, I should say. So I, I could just these are just like <laughs> so let me go down the list. I don't I don't know how many are here, but I'm going to go through the list on this. Let me take some let me drink some beer here real quick. Because these are kind of fun. The first one. These first few are from Part-Time Nerd. Which Part-Time Nerd is Alan's show. He you know, basically just talks about comic books. He talks about some fun TV shows. 
Um, I know he's watched, like, he, he'll talk about, um, what's the Umbrella Academy is the one where he was talking about, because I just got done watching season two of that. And yeah, it's, it, he, his show, it's fun. It's just, it's just his little side show from, uh, cause they do strikeout beer and it, that's a, that's their fabulous front run show. But part-time nerd is also a good show with Alan. His first question, should I stay or should I go? I think, you know, in this time of the pandemic, uh, I think it's you should stay. Stay where you are. You really shouldn't be traveling. You shouldn't be going anywhere in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm going to say you should stay. Uh, can you feel the love tonight? I Obviously, I can feel the love tonight because I'm with all of you. I'm with everybody here tonight on this show. Lots of love. Can you take me to Funky Town? Like I just said, the pandemic, I can't take you places. So going to Funky Town is not a good idea. Don't want to catch the Rona. Can I have free skin? I'll give you like a high five. That's like, isn't that what people say? Like you say, give me some skin and they like do like a hand, like a high five or like the whole like hand thing. Like, who? what's up, man? You like slide skin. So if you mean that, yes. Um, or maybe not with the pandemic. I don't know. I'll, 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 will give you the free skin. I'll just use hand sanitizer afterwards. What if all the raindrops were lemon drops and gum drops? That would hurt like a mother. Umbrellas ain't going to protect you from that. That's going to hurt like a son of a gun. If you were, if you could be a spice girl for one day, which one and why? I, I don't know who the spice girls are. I know who the spice girls are. I don't know their names. And I couldn't, even if I did know the names, I couldn't tell you why I would pick one over the other. Uh, do you know the Muffin Man, the one that lives on Drury Lane? Unfortunately, no, I do not. Have you seen the documentary Air Bud? Which one? I think I've seen the basketball, like the original one. But I know they came out with like a football one. They came out with a bunch of sequels, and I have not seen any of them. But I did see the original Air Bud. And uh, yeah, that's it's crazy. That's a crazy documentary, completely all straight facts, no lies. I love it. Who wins in a fight, Larry Allen or a chimpanzee? Since I don't know who Larry Allen is, I'm going to say chimpanzee. Have you heard the joke about the gay caveman? No, you're going to have to tell me that one. Um, he normally tunes in later in the show. I'm going to have to ask him what that joke is. Have you seen my baseball? Yes, it's in my backyard. You cannot have it because I don't want you on my property. It's it's COVID. I can't have people walking in and out of this. This is from Strikeout Beer's account, too, from Strikeout Beer. Oh, Fred says definitely Larry Allen. Definitely Larry Allen in a champion. Who's Larry Allen? I don't know who that is. Apparently, he wins in this fight, Corn the Fred, but I don't know who that is. Uh, Strikeout Beer says skinny or thick. Thick all day, like thick my chicken wings. I, I don't want a skinny chicken wing. You don't want like skinny barbecue rib. You don't want skinny anything. Well, I guess the only thing you want skinny is your the neck of your beer bottle. Mm. Everything else is thick, though. Whiskey or vodka? Whiskey every day of the week. All day, every day, whiskey, vodka, no. Who shot JFK? Someone with a gun? Beer or liquor? 
beer for sure. hundred percent beer all day cut or uncut. Um, normally I cut my flowers when I put them in a vase. Uh, if you don't cut them, it'll look, you know, kind of sloppy hamburgers or hot dogs from rapid Dave streams. That's a tough one. That's probably the hardest question I've received so far. I I have it says hamburger. If that said cheeseburger, I would probably say that. But since you say hamburger, I'm gonna have to go hot dog because you need you can't just eat like a plain beef patty. That's disgusting. PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox from day one. And who let the dogs out? Who did let the dogs out? Was that like Ice Cube or something? Little who? Who did let the dogs out? That's all the questions I have from them. Uh, who let the dogs out? Baja men. Who the heck are the Baja men? I just remember listening to Who Let the Dogs Out when we, I used to go to the old roller skating rink back in the, my hometown of Pulaski, and they would always play every night Who Let the Dogs Out, and that was like the most lit song. Everyone would just start skating as fast as they could and throwing their hands in the air. Yeah, that's a straight-up one-hit wonder. The Baja Men. I was thinking that'd be like a popular band that would sing that, but apparently not. The Baja Men. Craziness. Um, Let's see here. That's all the questions I got. I was hoping for more. But hey, that was fun. So thank you to Alan, Part-Time Nerd, Rapid Dave, strike out beer for your questions. We're going to do our week 10 recap, and that'll probably be our show, unless something crazy happens in between. Uh, the Colts at the Titans. The Colts did beat the Titans, just so everyone knows, if you're just tuning in to the live show. I went 12-2 and two on my picks. 12-2 and two on my picks this week. 12-2. 12, 12, and two. 12 wins two losses the two losses were the eagles losing to the giants which i was already on the fence about i almost picked the giants but i just felt like the eagles coming off a bye week getting miles sanders back i thought they could have put together a better performance than that and then the the ravens let me down big time against the patriots so the ravens are kind of on my my bad guy list right now i kind they're kind of right there with the bears so the Colts did beat the Titans 34 to 17. It was ba- it, it was a very close game. I was nervous the whole time and then for some some reason the special teams for the Titans just completely imploded on itself. It was it turned into a 17-yard punt from the Titans. Uh oh, David's in the house. What's going on, David? David Timmons, Ravens are trending down, hard down. Like big drop off down. Yeah, definitely. Like outside my top fifteen, probably for NFL teams. Colts are Colts are definitely trending up. I, I'm still hesitant on the Colts because most of their points came off of a short fieldage because of the special teams from the Titans. Um, the Titans kicked out of pretty much out of their own end zone. It turned into a 17 yard punt that put the Colts inside the 30. They turned that into a touchdown, and then the next Titans possession was a punt that was blocked for a touchdown. And then the next Titans possession, they miss a field goal. 
which it was a turnover after that to the Colts. I'm pretty sure they went down and maybe scored another touchdown or just kicked a field goal themselves. It, it was a special teams disaster from the Titans, which is the difference in this game pretty much. Derrick Henry still went over 100 yards, but the big stat a couple weeks ago was the Titans were 16-0 when Derrick Henry went over 100 yards rushing. That is definitely no longer the case. I think they've lost twice now this season. They've lost twice now this season when Derrick Henry goes over 100 yards. The Colts and Dolphins are almost the same team. The only difference is their QBs are 18 years apart. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with that. The defenses are very good, and the quarterbacks are kind of just doing enough. They're good, but they're not elite, and they're not really leading their team, but they're also not making a lot of mistakes. So yeah, Tua's just doing he's doing phenomenal right now. He came out with a really funny quote that I'll get to here in a minute. Um and the Titans are overrated by Josh. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of said that at the beginning of the year. But they kind of were overperforming early on in the year. And now they're showing us who they are. I think they've what, have they lost three straight. I feel like that's not right. That feels weird to say that the Titans have lost three straight. I think they won one in there. Maybe. Uh, but the Colts got the win on Thursday Night Football. The Bucks at the Panthers. That was just a slaughtering. It was kind of back and forth early on. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt again as an MCL sprain. He'll be out for a couple weeks, but hopefully he'll be back and he's healthy for future games because you don't want to see that happen. Uh, and Josh says they overachieved last year. Yes, they did. The Titans did overachieve last year. It was kind of just shocking. You never see a team succeed when it's just a like a straight up run game, like bowl you over for over a hundred yards rushing just out of one guy's performance. You don't see that anymore. Um, so that was just kind of shocking that they did that, but it was also Ryan Tannehill doing very well in the play action game. That was a big part of it. But yeah, I think they did overachieve. They overachieved early in the season and now they're kind of trending down as David Timmons would say, trending down. Oh, that beer. Ah, oh, whoo. That's a whoo. Merry monkey beer from victory. Uh, but the Bucks did well. I mean, it was a bounce back game for the Bucks. We all expected it. 46 points is a lot on the road. They had their plane delayed like seven hours. They didn't get into Carolina until almost midnight, but they showed up. They showed up, especially in the second half. But we all just, I just hope Teddy Bridgewater is healthy and good to go for later in the season. Just, we I just don't want his, whenever you hear Teddy Bridgewater and knee injury in the same statement, uh, you get nervous. The Texans lost to the Browns. The Browns won 10 to 7. Yeah, that's the end score, 10 to 7. I think heading into the I think in the third quarter, the score was three to nothing. And then the Browns finally got on the board. The Texans scored late, and then Nick Chubb sealed it late in the game. Big run. 
Both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt went over 100 yards rushing in this game. Having them both on the field for the Browns makes them a contender. Baker Mayfield does not make them a contender. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt being on the field at the same time makes, I'm not saying Super Bowl contender, that's that's pushing it. The, the Browns are definitely a playoff team with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the, on the field together. Who would you say is the best team in the NFC? Not sure if there's a clear-cut favorite like the Chiefs in the AFC. Hmm. Best team in the NFC. You know, every single team in the NFC has been inconsistent. That's the definition of every team in the NFC. At least every top team in the NFC is inconsistent. I like what I see from the Cardinals as of late, but they started a little slow. I, I kind of want to say the Packers, but they got destroyed by the Vikings and the Bucks. I don't think there is a clear-cut favorite in the NFC. And in the AFC, you say the favorite's the Chiefs. I, I would kind of agree with that, but the Steelers are undefeated. I don't care what their schedules look like. They're undefeated. They've had a couple of spooky games here and there, but... It's not an easy task to be what nine and oh now. It's not an easy task. So I think it's like one A and one B Chiefs and Steelers for the AFC. And I'm good. My final answer is going to be Packers for the NFC. I think as long as you got Aaron Rodgers, you're probably the favorite right now. Because their inconsistencies are a little less often. Because the Cardinals are still six and three. It's a tough question for the NFC. I'm going to stick with the Packers. So, yeah, the Texans suck. They scored seven points against the Browns. That's not really surprising, though. There's, is there a less appealing job? Yeah, it's called the Jets. But is there a less appealing head coaching job than the Texans besides the Jets? No future draft capital. That's any good. You have no star players. Deshaun Watson is even starting to trend down. He's not the consistent superstar he was when DeAndre Hopkins was there. I'm sure that's a reason for it. But also David Johnson was injured in this game, which is not surprising. The Texans were a 12-13 win team a couple seasons ago, and now they're scoring seven points against the Browns. The Washington football team almost came back and beat the Lions. Alex Smith had a career day as a starter for the first time in almost 800 days. It was like 782 days. Alex Smith's first appearance as a starter, and he was 10 yards short of a 400-yard day passing. Big day for Alex Smith, but it wasn't enough. Um, if Alex Smith continues to play like this for the rest of the season now that he's been given the starter position, if he continues to play like that, I think in my mind he's already the clear-cut comeback player of the year. But a lot of people are saying, oh, I'll give it to Ben Roethlisberger. He had simple surgery. Alex Smith almost died and lost his leg. I guess lost his leg and or died, whichever way you want to put that. I think as soon as you say two years ago, Alex Smith almost died and now he's playing football. I think that automatically gives you comeback player of the year. Just because you had some elbow surgery does not mean you get comeback player of the year. Sorry, Big Ben. 
Yeah, David Timmons agrees with me. Just for starting another game, yeah. Easy. Easy win for Alex Smith. But the Lions played well. Marvin Jones Jr. played well. DeAndre Swift played very well, finally. He's just, he's very up and down, but he's a rookie, and he's playing with the Lions, so it's not too surprising. But I, it was against Washington's defensive front, which was kind of surprising. But that's another thing that's been kind of all over the board. You would like to think Washington's front could have been able to slow down that run game, but they did not. They did not at all. And the Lions did not squander the entire lead. They did squander a big lead. I thought they were going to lose that game for a minute there. The Packers squeeze out a win over the Jags. As I just get done saying, the Packers are the best team in the NFC. They had to squeeze out a win over the Jaguars, who were starting Lutton, who's a six-round draft pick quarterback for the Jaguars. I just don't think the Packers wanted to show up to this game. That's what it kind of felt like. There's like, yeah, it's the Jaguars. We'll just poop on them and move on with our day. But they they had to fight for four quarters to get this one. Uh, but they did beat them. I, I I don't know what you want me to really say about this game. Robinson didn't have as big a day on the ground as a lot of people might have thought because the Packers' run defense is very weak. But, you know, the Jaguars are just – maybe they lost on purpose <laughs> trying to hang on to that uh, second overall draft pick. The Eagles lost to the Giants. Come on, Eagles. I this is this is the one where I probably should have picked the Giants. Could have gave me a 13 and 1 on the week. But they, to put up 17 points and to allow 27 to the Giants feels inexcusable. And now I don't know who's winning the NFC East. Because before I was saying the NFC, the Eagles will win the NFC East. I felt like they were at least the most complete team. It's not saying much, but the Eagles, I thought, were the most complete team. They're, they probably had the best defense, complete defense, uh, because the the red the Washington football team's secondary is very weak, but they're obviously their front seven is extraordinary. The Eagles' front seven is very good as well, but they have Darius Slay. Their pass defense has really shored up this season. It's it's not it's not talked about very often. Uh, but Carson Wentz is just he has to be benched just for a game. He has to stop getting first team reps in practice. He needs to be shown that his job is not secure anymore. And I feel like Doug Peterson's not ready to do that. I feel like as long as the Eagles are in contention, as long as the Eagles are in contention to win this division, he will not hand the job over or at least bench him for a game, which will be in contention the entire season because this division sucks. But Carson Wentz is a terrible football player this season, and they have a lot of soul-searching to do for Philadelphia. David Timmons says Washington will win the NFC least. Hey, why not? Why not? I'll I just I'll ask you that. Alex Smith looked great. The defense is pretty good. I have a lot of questions about the offensive line, the run game, the amount of weapons they have on offense. But hey. It's the NFC least. I guess anything's possible. 
Giants are figuring out how to finish games now, and Alex Smith is now the best quarterback in the division, says David Timmons. And Fred said the Giants are figuring out how to finish games. Yeah, I think that's why I'm right. I'm picking the Giants to win the NFC least right now in this moment because we have seen the Giants play very well the past three weeks now. They played very well against the Bucks. They played very well against whoever they played before that. I don't remember who that was. I'm blanking right now. But they have played extraordinarily well and outside of their normal selves the past three weeks. And I'm quite I'm I'm impressed to say the least. So I think the Giants will take the NFC least. Even if Andy Dalton does come back for the Cowboys, it's not like he was good when he was in there. So it'll be the Giants or Washington. Yeah, Philly and Dallas are out of it. Giants or Washington. Who would have thought at the start of this season we'd be saying that Philly or Dallas will not win the NFCs and it would be the Giants or Washington? What kind of sick game is 2020 playing with football this year? The Steelers defeated the Bengals 36-10. to Ben Roethlisberger threw, I think, four touchdown passes. It was Joe Burrow's game against the Steelers' defense. It's not much a rookie's going to do in that, in that case. T. Higgins, what I took away from this game was T. Higgins is 100% on page now. The rookie, T. Higgins, is on page with the rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow which is what I love to see. This is what I wanted to happen, and it's starting to happen. They're they're connecting on almost double-digit uh, catches. He's definitely getting double-digit targets. He's going over 100 yards. He's catching touchdown passes now. It's a great, great chemistry they got going on between Joe Burrow and T. Higgins now. That's what I took away. Outside of that, it was just a bad game for the Bengals. Another good game for the Steelers, who... Their best chance to lose a game right now is against Buffalo. Because the rest of their schedule, they play Baltimore twice still. I guess anything can happen there since it's a division game. If the Ravens decide to show up for one of them, they might be able to squeak out a victory. But I think Buffalo is probably the best chance of the Steelers not going 16-0. The Cardinals beat the Bills. I'll uh, I'll just read here what Durf, the Buffalo Bills fan, wrote for this. The Hale Murray. What a play. The Bills did enough with the offense until the third quarter. Sip a beer. And penalty after penalty slowed down the offense and had to rally in the fourth. Let's not forget the two interceptions that Josh Allen threw there, Fred. Let's not forget about the two interceptions. Not just penalties. Josh Allen's two interceptions probably hurt as well. But slowed down the offense and had to rally in the fourth. Stefan Diggs worth every penny. He caught that um, we all thought game-winning touchdown pass from Josh Allen. Great route, great speed from Stefan Diggs. Um, <laughs> the Bills are also 0-2 when Josh Allen gets a receiving touchdown, which he got in the first quarter of the game. That's a stat of the day right there. Cue the music. Stat of the day music. Bills are 0-2 when Josh Allen gets a receiving touchdown. Yeah, there you go, Durf. Okay, penalties slash turnovers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. D-hop. Yes, Josh. D-hop all day. 
0-2. That's crazy, though. Brian Dable needs to stop throwing Josh Allen the ball. Two playoff caliber teams battle it out till the very end. You know, what a catch by DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, he caught it between, I'm going to say two people because Poyer got there a little late. He caught it between two people, and then the third guy just barely made it there as the ball got to DeAndre Hopkins. But Kyler Murray, what a throw. He's right-handed. He's running to his left, and then he contorts his body before he goes out of bounds and chucks it in the air, and it goes perfectly right to where DeAndre Hopkins can look up, stop, and jump for the ball. That throw was incredible from Kyler Murray. Just rewatch it. You just have to rewatch that. Uh, Poyer cost Trey Davius White a chance at the ball. Is that true, David Timmons and Durf? Is that true? Did that really happen? Did Poyer box out Tredavious White maybe on accident? I wasn't paying attention to that. Maybe he kind of knocked him off a little bit. It's an interesting point. I also saw the point that DeAndre Hopkins might have dropped the ball. The ball might have hit the ground on his way down. I think that's a conspiracy theory, and people need to just shut up. (laughs) Do you think Murray's ceiling is higher than Lamar Jackson? Absolutely. Absolutely, Kyler Murray's ceiling is higher, higher than Lamar. Lamar can't throw the ball. Kyler Murray is very accurate. Uh, very accurate. He's more, a lot more accurate than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson cannot throw the ball outside the numbers. If he does, it's a miracle. Or it's like a short out route. <laughs> it's not very often he completes passes to wide receivers outside the numbers. Murray th- thrives in that area. He can get it to any level on the field. And he's elusive. And he's fast, just like Lamar. So, yeah, Murray is already higher up than Lamar. Everything. Excuse me. Game on Sports Podcast tuning in from Twitch. What's up, my guy? Welcome to the show. Uh, It was a great throw and catch. Poyer knocked White out of position on accident. Interesting. I have to rewatch that play now to see, to watch that happen. I got to look for that. And the ball didn't hit the ground. He watched it 20 times now. (laughs) <laughs> watch out 20 times now all in disbelief yeah i watched the slow-mo version people are like there the tip of the ball touched the ground well his hand is under it it's not like he dropped it shut up conspiracy theorists the raiders beat the broncos the raiders beat the broncos 37 to 12 the broncos are just a complete hot mess the raiders did very well uh this is this kind of goes back to goes back to what I was saying last week about Josh Jacobs and now their second running back, they found Devontae Booker. Those two guys are awesome. Those two guys together, I think, I know Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs had two rushing touchdowns. I know Booker had at least one. That's a great one-two punch, and Derek Carr is a very capable quarterback. They have limited receiving weapons, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. That's probably about it. Nelson Aguilar deep, but Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker are awesome running backs, and they're very lucky to have them. The Broncos are just a disaster. Uh, Dude, it was a solid and amazing play. It happened. People need to move on, says Game On Sports Podcast. Yeah, people do need to move on. It's sad. Uh, people, Josh says people say Murray benefits from his weapons. 
I don't know, man. It helps. But let's before this season, all he had was Larry Fitzgerald, who's aging and limited with his explosiveness, and then Christian Kirk was his other target. Having DeAndre Hopkins helps a lot, but I mean you can I hate that argument. That's it's like, oh well, he has a lot of good pieces around him. Are those pieces just as good if you take the that quarterback out of the occasion? Because I had someone arguing me arguing with me that Patrick Mahomes isn't the front leading MVP candidate because it's because he has all these great weapons around Patrick Mahomes that makes him better than he really is. If you take Tyreek Hill and put him with the Jets, you never hear of Tyreek Hill, most likely. I The only exception there is probably Travis Kelsey. He might be great wherever he is. McCole Hardman, he's, he's a nobody anywhere else. Sammy Watkins was a nobody everywhere else. Sammy Watkins was a disaster of a football player, and then he comes and wins a Super Bowl, and is a big part of it with the Chiefs. I hate I hate that argument that when people bring that up. Uh, both my co-hosts for the Game on Sports podcast are pumped at the Bills' loss because they're Dolphins fans. What a race the AFC East is going to be right now between the Bills and the Dolphins. Yeah, let me tell you, Bills fans, you better you better keep winning because the Dolphins are right on your butt right now for that AFC East title. Every QB benefits from good weapons. That is very true. Can't talk sports with everybody, says Josh. Yeah. Yeah, some people just some people just don't get it. There it is. First Jets joke, and I was here. <laughs> you know, the Jets are a joke. So all you don't you don't even have to make a joke about the Jets. You just gotta talk about the Jets and it just turns into a joke. At least we they got a break this week. We didn't have to talk about Jets this week. Everyone's got to be pretty happy about that. Uh, the Rams beat the Seahawks 23 to 16. The Seahawks, well, let me just strictly say this first. Russell Wilson is no longer an MVP candidate. It is it's officially over for Russell Wilson this season. He can ball out the rest of the year, but he won't he shouldn't he doesn't deserve it anymore after this three, four game stretch. There are a couple plays where he just he looks like it's his rookie season again. He doesn't he's making bad decisions. He's trying to do too much. I think even in his ninth season, the fact that people are looking at him as the leader of this team, that he needs to make the plays to win, let Russ cook. I think it has gotten to his head. I know that's kind of crazy to say. That's a little insane because Russell Wilson, a lot of people say he's the most mentally stable quarterback. This guy, nothing gets to Russell Wilson, ice in his veins. I think the pressure of being the uh, the lead guy on this team now, throw it 30-plus times a game, Russ, win the game for us, Russ, I think it has kind of gotten to him, and he's making bad decisions now. He's trying to force balls where they shouldn't go. He's not reading the field as clear. It's and injuries hurt. Obviously, injuries hurt with that. The the Seahawks are dealing with a lot of nasty injuries on the offensive line, the running back position. But he knows the defense sucks, and he knows he needs to put up points. And it's it's starting to get to him. 
Uh, David says he agrees with me. He has too much on his shoulders because he knows his defense is so bad. Yeah, yeah. Like just that's yeah, just what I got done saying. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's hard to watch as a Seahawks fan. That defense really is just an absolute disaster. Historically, the Seahawks arguably have one of the best defenses in history a couple of years ago with the Legion of Boom. And now they have the worst. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. The Rams played pretty well. They didn't play great. I'm not going to give the Rams too much love. It's not like they went out there and balled, but they did get the W. So congratulations. The Saints beat the 49ers. We talked about Drew Brees earlier in the show. Took a nasty hit there, but 49ers are just... It can only talk so many weeks in a row about how much of a disaster the 49ers team is right now with injuries. It, I, I, I don't know if they're going to win another game. I, I, they don't need Jimmy G back. They need George Kittle back, and they need Mostert back. If When they get them two back... They may be able to squeeze off another couple of wins if they want to win. I think they should just stick them on IR and just say the season's over. That's my opinion. Save them for next year. But they lost. The Saints played pretty well. Jameis Winston came in in the second half, played okay. I didn't watch too much of this game because I knew the Saints were going to win. But, yeah. Is it me or the Steelers, the least talked about undefeated team ever, says the Game on Sports podcast? Yeah, I, I I might agree with you there. I'm trying to think about, you know, undefeated teams through nine weeks. That's impressive. It's very impressive. Their schedule has been a little weaker, but I don't use that as an argument to dig on teams. They play who is put in front of them, and they have beaten all of them. That's all that matters, and they have done a very good job of it. 9-0. and Big Ben is playing very well. He threw four more touchdowns against the Bengals. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to think about them. Because I think other people are thinking the same thing I am. I don't know what to think about the Steelers because the defense is very good. The offense has its moments. We've also seen them struggle mightily. We have seen the Steelers struggle on offense a lot. Uh, they are winning at an amazing clip, and no one talks about them. Yeah, I don't know if no one talks about them. I mean, I watch a lot of shows, so I see them talked about a lot. But I, I don't think they're main is mainstream. Like if the Chiefs were nine and zero right now, they would be the only thing talked about on national sports media. So I do get your point there. Um, I my, I still stick with I still stick with the fact that. If Big Ben goes down with an injury, this team is done. At any point, if Big Ben is out, knee injury, elbow gets re-injured, anything, concussion, this team this team is done. Big Ben is the only thing holding this together right now. And I I will hold that I will hold that opinion to the end of time, or at least the end of this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's the right term, mainstream. Yeah. It's hard to watch mainstream, you know, ESPN, NFL Network, all that. It's, it's, that stuff's hard to watch. My least favorite person to listen to on mainstream, Dan Orlovsky. 
that guy is hard to listen to. My goodness. The Dolphins did beat the Chargers. Two was 3-0 and as a starter. Battle of the Rookies. <sighs> Justin Herbert will not be the Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I'm sick of people saying he is. He has not proved that he can win football games. His stats might be good, fun. He's thrown a lot of yards. He's thrown for some touchdowns. He hasn't won games, and that same thing goes for Joe Burrow. But Joe Burrow is a smarter quarterback. That's why people, you know, this isn't a Pro Bowl vote. This is an MVP vote by professionals that actually know what football is. They actually look at the tape and look at the quarterbacks themselves. Joe Burrow is a much better quarterback than Justin Herbert. And he's playing on a much worse team than the Chargers. Justin Herbert has weapons, if you want to use that argument. Joe Burrow has T. Higgins as his number one wide receiver, which is also a rookie. And he's making it work. He's doing this without Joe Mixon in most of these games. But then you have Tua Tungavailoa. Coming in here 3-0, and he's playing pretty well. His first game was rough, but the defense is what got them the win there. Defense and special teams was great. The Dolphins are a very complete team, and if Brian Flores does not win Coach of the Year this year, I will raise hell. Brian Flores is my head coaching crush. I want to duplicate Brian Flores as a human being and put him as the head coach of the Seahawks. Brian Flores is amazing. He is everything you want in a head coach. This guy is motivating. He he has turned this garbage team that almost went 0-16 into a competitor. I'm not going to say contender, but these guys are looking like a playoff team. Some of the some people are putting them in now in their top 10 of their power rankings. I love these dolphins right now. I love these dolphins right now. I have to look at the rest of their schedule to see what their end record might be. But my goodness, do not sleep on these guys, especially Bills fans. Bills fans, don't sleep on the Dolphins. Tell you what, because they're sneaking up real fast. As for the Chargers, they just continue to find ways to lose, and that's just the history of the Chargers, and that's why Anthony Lynn needs to be fired. No one talks about Anthony Lynn being on the hot seat, but we talk about that here on On and Out the Field. Anthony Lynn is on the hot seat for sure. The Ravens beat the freaking Ravens. That's my second pick that I got wrong. My God. Durf put in here, the Ravens have the easiest schedule and are garbage. Yeah, the Ravens don't have an offense anymore. Um, Week 17 is going to be one heck of a game. I assume that's Bills playing the Dolphins, Fred, if I'm not mistaken. That might determine the division. Who would have thought? Dolphins, Bills, Week 17 could determine division. Who would have thought? Yeah, the Ravens offense. Lamar Jackson just came out and said that everyone on defense is calling out the Ravens plays before they even, you know, they just know what's going to happen. That's because their playbook consists of six plays. Lamar run to the outside. Lamar run in the inside. Running back run to the outside. Running back run to the middle. Tight end up the seam and a screen pass. That's, there's your playbook. It's very easy to tell what they're going to do, and that's that's on Romeo or not Romeo Cornell. Oh my God, um, the offensive coordinator's fault. <laughs> I'm blanking right now. It's his fault, and he I think he came out and said I think deep in his heart the reason the playbook is as small as as it is is because he knows what Lamar Jackson is not capable of. He knows that he can't draw draw up plays where he just drops back and they 
do play action and throw outside the numbers and have all these crossing routes. Because if, if these plays take time to develop, if these complicated pass routes take time to develop, Lamar Jackson's just going to go run. His first read is to run. If his first, I guess I should say, if his first read isn't there immediately, he's going to run or at least check it down to a running back. He's not a patient passer. Greg Roman, thank you, Fred. Jeez. He's not a patient passer. And usually, even if he has a clean pocket, he's going to scramble out of the pocket to create more time that he doesn't need, and then he's going to throw an inaccurate pass because he's not going to set his feet. He's not a good quarterback, and it's starting to show this year. Last year was a fluke. He had all these great five-touchdown pass performances against terrible teams, and a majority of them went to tight ends up the seam. It... They have the easiest schedule, back-to-back years of the easiest schedule in the NFL. And this year, they're struggling mightily. The Ravens don't look like a dangerous team. If the Seahawks played the Ravens right now, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that concerned. And we have a historically bad defense. The Vikings then beat the Bears. And the Bears, my God, the Bears' offense was just disgusting. The Bears offense, I think, had 140 total yards of offense. They had 32 yards in the second half. 32 yards of offense in the second half. 32 yards of offense in the second half. Nick Foles did get carted off at the end of the game. Apparent hip and leg injury. I'm being told in my left ear right now. That it's not as serious as they thought. He's day to day. They do have a bye week, so he might be back by for their next game. But Cordell, Cordell Patterson has now tied the NFL record with Josh Cribs and somebody else, uh, Leon Washington, for eight the most uh, most kick return touchdowns in NFL history, which is eight. And he's only I believe twenty nine. He could easily break break that record. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, but no one kicks it to him. It's hard to get kickoff returns for touchdowns when no one kicks it to you. But he's doing great things. He's the only reason they had a touchdown that game for the Bears. And the Vikings offense just did barely enough. And I got to hand it to the Vikings. I got to hand it to them. They stuck with the run. That Bears defense shut Dalvin Cook down for a majority of that game. And then the fourth quarter hit. Granted, Akeem Hicks went out of the game with an injury late as, as well. But Akeem Hicks went down with an injury and they kept running the ball, and then in the fourth quarter, Dalvin Cook took over the game. Kirk Cousins had a couple of great passes that kept him in it, a couple of long passes that, um, you know, the one to Justin Jefferson sticks out when it was like third and long after a holding penalty that Dalvin Cook picked up a first down, but then Kirk Cousins, great pass. You know, Kirk Cousins had an oak. Pretty good night. You know, his interception wasn't his fault. It went off of Adam Thielen, not his fault. It was just it was just barely enough to get the job done with 19 points. They had almost 400 yards of offense, but only 19 points. The majority of that is because of turnovers. But, you know, got to hand it to the Vikings. I really do. They, they stuck with the run. They did a good job with their game plan. Tip of the cap. And I went 12-2 and two with my picks this week. So make sure you tune in on Thursday 
Make sure you tune in on Thursday so you can get our picks. But Thursday picks are not final on this show. Thursday picks are not final. Sunday's social media picks are the final picks. Just so everyone knows. We give our general prediction and what we think about the games coming up on Thursday. Social media around noon. We post our final picks for what's going to happen. Which includes, you know, Thursday's picks are obviously final. But, yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Try to make a little fun with those questions. Try to get a little, you know, different format in here. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Thanks for hitting every hitting us up in the comments, folks. David, Durf, Josh, Game On Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning in on Twitch. That means a lot. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be exciting stuff for the podcast. Going to keep going. Durf will be back Thursday for those picks. Be a lot of fun. He's got a lot of ground to make up here. Four games behind now. Heading into week 11 of the NFL. I We will be back Thursday because Mama didn't raise no wussy. We'll